Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. The first instalment here of our player analysis for 2023-year-old fantasy kicks off with our hooker guns. I've got nine guys here that I'm going to go through. As you'll see with all of the different sections that we go through here, there's going to be a lot of different players, even some that you might go, oh, they're not even someone I'm thinking of. Someone is, and I'm going to go through all of them for you. So we're going to kick it off with Damian Cook, who had an absolute stellar season last year. If you did have him in your side, you had a cracker season there. Averaging 66.2, which was absolutely crazy. 945k now, so obviously super expensive here. And the only guys we've seen go above that mark are guys like Tom Trevojevic and also Nathan Cleary. Uh, Cook did get there at some point last year, but very briefly. So what we're looking at here is some pros and cons for each player. And obviously having the highest average in the hooking position is going to be a pro for him. If he can continue that average, you have six points better here if you're looking at him to Harry Grant. Uh, A six points better average which is obviously going to go a long way to improve your score each and every week and help you win the competition. So if you're looking for, if you think that Damian Cook's going to average that and average six points better than the next best, then he's definitely a good selection. Can you use that cash better elsewhere? Can you pick someone that's going to be averaging a little bit more than what they're priced at? For example, do you think Harry Grant could average something like what Damian Cook did last year? If you do, then maybe you would go for Harry He's obviously in a great team still in the Bunnies. It took them a little while to get going last year, and then they went almost all the way to the grand final there. Thirdly, I think this his smaller origin role means he will probably be rested a little bit less over that origin period. But the only con with that is the fact that he is getting older. Okay, so him being older might mean he does get rested a little bit more, not just because of origin, but just because he... Yeah, they might be able to bring in one of the younger boys to play a bit of a bigger role through that period when he is playing Origin there. And yeah, I really just think there's no upside to his price. At a 66 average, I can't see him scoring much better than that. So that would be my main two cons there. I think he's got a pretty high price and he might be able to use that better elsewhere. But he's a great captaincy candidate if you'd like to go there. But personally, I'm going to stay away from Damian Cook at this point. Number two, we're going to look at Harry Grant. So obviously 857K, so about that 90K cheaper than Cook and average six points left, less than he did. What you see here is he didn't actually have a, a massive decrease in minutes at all with Brandon Smith being there. So majority of the games there, he did play 80 minutes. So there's not going to be much of a change in that, but I do think his role will change slightly without Smith 
and a few of their veterans that they lost in the in the Confu- uh, Felice Kafusi and also the Bromwich brothers is is a big loss there. They do get Christian Welch back, which is going to help them in that those forward stocks. Pat coming back from a big big injury. I'm going to see a lot of owners here on Grant Hughes and also Munster, and I think he would at worst average the exact same this year, just based off that, but might potentially have a little bit of extra work to do. Another pro is that I think he scores in so many ways, and I think he should average 60 plus if you see he actually kicks a fair bit from dummy half as well runs the ball great so plenty of attacking stats on the back of that and tackles pretty well the only issue with him is he does fly out of the line a bit and does get a bunch of missed tackles so i could say that's a small con for him but his biggest one i'm really high on him his only con is that he was going to be playing origin really so at 857k he's going to be someone that i think is very much potentially going to be in my side and i think he should be in a lot of your sides as well if you'd rather spend that 80 90k elsewhere then uh like instead of going for cook then grant's going to be a great option there number three on this list is reese robson i am going down in price guys and i'll tell you if i like them or not as i go you can pretty well tell from the pros and cons how much i like about them, but a 783k you get a you know 74k discount on Harry Grant, but obviously a much lower average in 54.8. Pros for him: if you're looking at you're looking at an 80 minute hooker, so when he does when he plays uh, over 70 minutes per game, he does average 59 in those games. So you got about four points uh, of value for Reese Robson, which is really cool. Well, another pro you'll see is that he's an improving player in a good team. And he's also a non-origin player there as well. So three great things. You know, the non-origin is massive compared to the other two. It's something that they don't have at all. And I think that at some point, he's probably going to be in a bunch of teams. Whether that's right from the start, I'm not exactly sure. The only con I see with Robson is we could see him hold that average. And then you're sitting there with the third best hooker. So you're not getting that five to 10 points of extra value that you're getting from Grant and also Cook. And he hasn't really improved you much. If you think Robson's going to go up towards a 60 average, then he's a great buy. If you think there's a 50%, 60% chance that he stays at this average, it's probably worth waiting and picking him up through the origin period if you're looking to trade a Cook or a Grant out during that time. So that's Reese Robson there at number three. Coruscant. So he comes in obviously a lot lower as well, a 50.3 average and 718K. Obviously a bit of a mastermind in that Panthers outfit. He did a great job across last season in origin, really helped them uh, you know, get to that title winning defense again. Pros for him, he's obviously gonna be the focal point of a new team. He moves over to the Tigers and suppose that's the biggest, the biggest thing here. What's gonna happen with him in that team? Does he play more minutes? What you'll actually see though is that when he plays more minutes, he still sticks around that same average, unfortunately. His average in 60 minutes plus games is 53.7. So only a small improvement there. And the main cons I see with him is that, you know, with how well he actually played last year, he's still only averaged 50.3. And yes, he did come off the bench. He did split some time out there. I will expect that to happen at the Tigers as well. So I wouldn't be expecting him to move over to the Tigers and play 70 to 80 minutes a game. But as I said, there if you look at these footystats.com, you will see that even in bigger minute games, he'll still have the 35 points and then he could play 65 minutes and get an 80. So, This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. He's really just that little bit uh, up and down in terms of his scoring, in terms of his minutes as well. I'd imagine they'll use some younger hooker, whether it's Simkin or something like that, to come on and play 20 to 30 minutes to relieve a little bit of uh, you know, effort tackling and stuff that Corrissa has to do. He really does work hard when he's on, but I think you can use him better uh, at his slightly older age there, 55 to 65 minutes, and maybe a few extra minutes in bigger games, for example, if, he, if he's needed to, you know, in uh, sticky situations or something like that, to come out and do a great job. Obviously, for him, playing Origin is a con as well. Uh, and I threw this on there. I'm not, not sure what you guys think on it, but potentially some more missed tackles in an unstructured defense. Obviously, Panthers have one of the greatest defenses in the game. Tigers don't. They may improve this year with a much uh, you know, overall improved uh, outfit. But I do think that with an unstructured defensive line, he's someone that could be isolated a little bit and you know do most of the tackling work but end up falling off if they haven't got someone over there to help him uh, keep a guy up, for example, uh, and slow down the play of the ball. So definitely a few issues there with Coruscant, but I think he's someone that could do a really good job. Okay, the next two boys, we've got the Braley brothers. So we have Jaden first with the Knights, and then we have Blake. So 695 for Jaden, 690 for Blake there. If you look at Jaden there, the pros, uh, his average is 50 in, in games above 70 minutes. So only a slight improvement there. Majority of games are above that 50 mark, but... What you've seen there is when he came back, he's coming off a, a bad injury, obviously, the ACL. He started really slow, and those last four games of the year, he was uh, at the, in the late 50s of an average, which, which we'll talk in much more depth a little bit later when we go actually into his stats. But yeah, that's the, the interesting one for him is that he has scored big in, in multiple games. He has had streaks where he scored really, really highly. There was uh, you know the year before, he's, he averaged 57, for example, uh, and, and he can definitely do that. So he definitely has some upside, I think, to that. And you saw that great finish at the end of last year. He's a non-origin type of player. So my personal thing for him is I think that he is a little bit of a risk. The cons are that he can be pretty streaky. He had an awesome start to year 2021 and then really fell away and we had to trade him out. We thought he was going to be a great keeper and then he wasn't a keeper. So these types of guys around this price, you're looking to bring them in now and they can build into a mid-50s type of average, low 50s to mid-50s, and you can keep them for the entirety of the year. Braley, I'm not sure if that's going to be able to happen for him. So if you think that he can, if you think the Knights are going to be a better team, then I think there's a good chance that he can become a little bit more consistent, a little less streaky, potentially not have to make as many tackles. Again, the worry there is that it might drop his points output a little bit, but potentially his attacking output will improve, which we, he has shown glimpses of doing in the past. Yeah, the other, the other con there, obviously being streaky and then him being in a poor team, uh, is never usually great. Obviously, you know, tackling-wise, you can do plenty of tackles, but that involves missed tackles there, and the attacking stats are usually lower. So I think the Knights need to improve, be more consistent for him to be a great option. 
What I do, what I will say though, is I think Jaden Braley is a much better player to pick up in your side than Blake. I had a bunch of people talk to me about him last year. He he, he put together like two or three games in a row that were really really strong. Uh, he showed a little bit of his attacking flair, and then that very much fell away. So a forty-eight point three average for him was pretty solid. It's the highest of his career. The pros for him, as I think he should keep improving in a good team. He's obviously pretty young. The Sharks are great. So there's obviously every chance that he could score above that 50 mark. But the cons, on the other hand, is I can't see him as a keeper. Can any of you guys see him scoring above 53, above 52? I don't see it happen. And my main issues with him, stats-wise, is he doesn't run enough, so his run meters are pretty low. And obviously, in that sense, doesn't get many tackle breaks and offloads from there. So... As an attacking, uh, as a, a hooker in this game, to be an elite gun, you need to have the attacking stats in there as well. You see the Harry Grounds, the the Brandon Smiths, the the Damian Cooks. They run well out of dummy half. They can score tries themselves, set up tries, which Braley only got a few. He scored a couple himself, but I think he needs to make a big leap to for anyone to be able to put him in their side. And I just don't see that happening. And if it does, I think you can pick him up a bit later. I don't see the. Uh, the reward in in the risk that you're going to take if you go for him in that first round. So that is Blake, Blake Braley there. And we're going to head to Jeremy Marshall King, who's number seven on this list. Moves to the Dolphins at 677K, averaging 47.3. So strangely, a very low average for him with how well he was actually playing last year. I'm not sure what you guys think, but I thought he made tremendous improvements as an actual footballer. Obviously, in a dog side that hasn't uh, been going very well for multiple years, he's actually been able to grow in that role. And I think he did a great job Last year especially made big improvements. Potentially a pro for him is moving to a new team. Does he get a new attacking role? My main cons and worries with this is that he goes to a Bennett style of football. What we know with a Bennett style of football, as you saw with Damien Cook the year before last, well a couple of years there, is that sometimes he was used very much like Reed Marnie was used last year in getting the ball out in front of their halves early and giving them... Uh, plenty of time to obviously make make decisions and get it out to outside backs, for example. So will that happen again with this Bennett style uh, of coaching? I think this is going to be a lot of unknowns, un- unfortunately, in this team and in this style for him to be able to move up into a 50-plus average type of player. Uh, again, more cons for him is that the attack and his kick meter stats are way too low. He needs to yeah, increase them, obviously, the running, the tackle breaks. And the offloads, if he can do that, then he can obviously be someone that will average in the mid-50s. Until then, I don't see it happening for him. Uh, and I see a similar or worse quality of team, so I'm not seeing any natural enhancements or improvements from him moving to the Dolphins compared to him being at the Dogs, because the Dolphins should be in the back half. You'd uh, very, be very unexpected uh, to see them in the top eight this year. Okay, number eight, we obviously saw a fall from grace from Reed Marnie last year. Uh, and those that follow this channel know how much I despised him last year and I had him for a lot of the year uh, and didn't have Damien Cook. So, he was 659 though. He has an average of 46. So, he's someone that has averaged 60 plus. In 2021, he did that uh, and did really, really well. The pros I see for him this year is it's looking like he's going to get an 80-minute role, which is going to be pretty rare in the hooking stocks in most of the teams. You see guys like Damien Cook, probably Harry Grant, uh, Reed. Yeah, there's not too many guys that are going to be playing 80. Even the great hookers like Abby Corusau play uh, lower than 70 minutes on most occasions. So with Reed, you're getting him at a floor price. I can't see him averaging much lower than a 46, a 44, 45. So I don't really see any downside for that. And an increased role at the Dogs. Probably a little bit more directing, 
passing role that he had at the Eels. I can see that changing a little bit. Obviously, getting the ball out to Burton more regularly will be great. But on the right-hand side, they don't really have a clear gun halfback. Sorry to Kyle Flanagan, uh, who, who actually you know played a decent second half of the year last year. But I see Reed doing a little bit more, hopefully a little bit more kicking out of dummy half, a little bit more running himself. I just can't see him doing much less than he did at the Eels last year. So definitely an increased role, I would say. The cons is that you have that unknown from him moving to the new team, and he had a very, very poor year last year. So I don't see a lot of downside, potentially some upside into the average, uh, in the 50s average. And I think if you want to, I think you get popular at the start of the year there. All right, the last one we talk about today here is Lockie Croker from the Seagulls. So he comes in at 639K, averaging 44.7 last year. So his full first year of... You know, playing some really good hooking, I'd say. I think he did really, really well. And now he gets another full off-season in the hooking role. He improved drastically last season. I think he's a pretty smart footballer, to be honest. Moving from the halves into the hooking position now, I think he's got some natural improvement for him going forward. Obviously, a fair bit of an unknown. You know, it might be, to me, I think worth a bit of a look in the mid part of the season, maybe when we're speaking about Reese Robson, you could have a look at Croker if he's starting to average pretty well. He could have a bit of a streak there of some really good scores through the middle there, which I said is a little bit of a con that he's pretty streaky. So if you did start with him, I think there's a fair bit of risk there. Just way too many missed tackles at this stage. I think he can obviously improve that, but too many missed tackles and some low run meters, which yeah, is the fact for a lot of these guys that aren't averaging in the 50s. I just think he would be too risky to start with there for our man, Lockie Croker. So there are nine best hooking uh, stocks, guys. I hope you got plenty out of that. If you've got any questions, or if you want me to talk about anyone else, I will be doing the middies soon and also the cash cows for each of the positions. So plenty of content to come. Uh, thank you for being here. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.